Hi, we are here. It's Josh and Dara. I'm come knocking on a door. Our third podcast. Josh, how are you doing? Good, good, <laughs> good. Doing as well as possible. <laughs> how about you? Yes, we are. Uh, we're hanging. We're hanging in there. Weather's getting better, and uh, we just want to dive into some more substance about um, what is going on in the world of education now. On um, you and I have always discussed special ed, yes. learning disabilities, learning challenges. That is something both of us have experienced in our um, academic career and very relatable with my boys and their challenges. And you have been so transparent and educational with what the trajectory could look like for a child that struggled in school and how they may mature with this into adulthood. And it's just been a gift. So I'm asking you some questions. Okay. Today. Ask All away. Right? So Josh, first question, what is something you realized was the silver lining with the getting of your learning challenges? Getting of my So I think it made me a fighter and also taught me really the way the world works. You know, when you have a learning issue and as severe as I did, not just, oh, I have ADHD or, oh, I don't process. Like I had real learning issues like, and many, like I had a math learning issue, dyslexia, dysgraphia, auditory processing. And honestly, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And I think what the silver lining was is I really learned, it's sort of, they say this in Bron the movie, The Bronx Tale as well. Nobody cares and that's the truth even people that are in quote unquote special ed nobody cares so what i learned at the age of three or four was i was always on my own it was i sort of view life still to this day it's every man for himself and you have to fend for yourself so i don't have a choice i have to show up and always be a self-advocate and also know that whatever I'm doing is going to be a little bit more challenging. So I always have to prove myself more than other people, meaning I always have to work harder in order to get ahead. And also know there is no fairy godmother in this. I'm, I, have to be, I have to be my own fairy godmother. But it's a silver lining because, because of that in situations, I know how to be an advocate which a lot of people don't have until their 40s and 50s. I have I had it at four years old, and it's only gotten stronger at the age of 24. I noticed about, um, I think, what drew me to wanting to always be in conversation with you was you so owned your challenges from such an early age. There was such a personality trait that goes with that. Like, God, you broke the mold. <laughs> God broke the mold when he sent Josh out here. Thank you. Um, that you had just this innate fight in you and a desire to make sure people understood you. Yeah. And how did that, how did that show up? Were you, would you give a teacher a chance or would you want to tell her off the, you know, how, how could you how could you tell a parent who has a child like this to encourage their child to speak up? 
Well, it evolved over time. When I was really little, the first thing I would tell people, because it was my identity, not my identity, but it was something I dealt with on a daily basis. I would say, hi, my name is Josh Tepper. And I would give them my diagnosis, even to like the coffee barista. Hi, my name is Josh Tepper. I'm dyslexic. I have auditory processing. I, I have dysgraphia, but I'm going to be really successful. And I'm an advocate. So that is really how, so basically I would pull my teachers aside and I would say, hey, this is what I have. This is what you're going to deal with. Um, I guess get ready. No, I would say this is what I have. This is what I'm going to deal with. This is what you're going to deal with. And how can we make this the most productive time together? Now, some teachers were like, wow, that's impressive. Others were like, you're a whiny little kid and didn't take it seriously. And yeah, so those are the two options I would get. Either they didn't care or they cared a lot and they wanted and they were glad I told them. But we're also talking back, I can't even believe I'm saying this now, like even like I was doing this 20 years ago, like I was four mm -hmm. and it's not like it is now where it's such a conversation. It was still in a time when it was like, oh, either you're probably lazy or you're stupid. It wasn't like a, a part of the system. So I was really advocating for something that people just didn't, care about like even up until when I was in high school no even in college with certain people they just didn't care it was like well that sucks for you so that's so how I handled it would you say though um in hindsight that they possibly it wasn't that they didn't care as much as they couldn't relate to someone sharing such self-awareness in the context of a diagnosis that they don't even know what it was. I think it's both. I think okay. some people didn't, could not conceptualize or even or understand what I was saying. Uh -huh. And others, honestly, I'm going to just be harsher. They just didn't care. Just it's didn't not, care. it's not their problem. They don't care. Hmm. Honestly, they just don't care because in the, in the, in this context, if it's not a charity event or it's not something they can do to make themselves look good. And I think this is in most cases, unless they're going to gain from it in either keeping themselves safe from, let's say, a virus or get likes on a picture, people, in, I've learned, they just don't care. And that was my majority through my experience, it mm. wasn't a topic of conversation. They didn't need to care. And I know that's so, which made me push even harder, which I kind of thank people for those people. I kind of thank God for those people because it made me want to push that much harder. Mm. But that's, yeah, that's, so that would be my answer. You so. know, um, what, what's the key, what's the key to self-advocacy when you know a teacher doesn't understand that's that's really honestly it's hard when someone just doesn't get it or also just doesn't care but especially they don't get it it's hard because to them they just don't understand going into a classroom and feeling so helpless yeah. they, it's it's a feeling that most people don't understand because to them going to school and just doing the work is so simple. That's just a part of life. So for so when someone sees 
a basic part of life being so difficult, they just can't relate. So sometimes they learn from you and that's the best case scenario. They're like, wow, in the future, when I have another kid like you, I'm gonna know how to do better. Or you're gonna have that teacher who is gonna be a hater and is just going to enjoy because they're so miserable, embarrassing you, treating you badly, wanting to give you that bad grade because it is sort of fueling their own hurt child. Josh, that is, I hear that and it breaks my heart. I was raised is, by a teacher. It, so it's heartbreaking when you have a teacher that just doesn't, when their profession is to help, then these are formative years. Yes. I mean, I can tell you st story after story during That's my what I'm feeling. formative years, people just think, I mean, I don't want to say damaging because I almost am thankful for it because it yes. made me the strong person I am and made me bold. But at the time, it feels like it reminds me of that scene in Stand By Me when Chris is talking about he steals the milk money and then yes. she, and then he gives it back. But she still says that he stole it and she takes the money to buy this new dress, but he still gets detention. It's sort of that situation. It's like a teacher is in a position of power at, at that time in your life, but, but the power should be used to help you. But instead, they're just using it to hurt you. And it's 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 a tough situation because it's just this unfair balance. So there was a, an element of almost like um, you couldn't not take it personally because you're in the moment and the response or the lack of help or the lack of compassion left you just feeling I mean, like you have no... Well... You feel like you don't have power. And then you have those moments when you figure out where to get the power back. If it is going to the principal, mm -hmm. uh, when you're young, parent, a parent advocating for you. Or honestly, I mean, this is where when people say respect your teachers, this is where I kind of am wonky with that. If a teacher is disrespecting you, I have no problem with when I have children or a child putting the teacher in their place, which I've done many times. Because mm. when someone is abusing their power, you have every right to put a teacher in their place and be quote unquote disrespectful. It's sometimes you have to just put a teacher in their place, even if it's a seven-year-old kid with a 50-year-old person, there just isn't a choice. It's interesting because um, I don't think a lot of kids have the kind of self-awareness innately at such a young age to not only process their own diagnosis but also share it yeah with others and that's a that's a strength because you have had experience and practice finding your voice yeah um what what was the hardest part about learning uh that you wish the experts knew but I wish like, you know, there's, there's so many mm. experts now in the field of special ed. I mean, this, yeah. this the, now fast forward 20 years. Yes. I am in schools where this is all, I mean, there it's are institutions. Totally and, different. And, 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 um, resources abundant for websites and YouTube videos. And I mean, it's endless what yeah. you can, what you can learn some of these experts might not have had to struggle academically themselves, yeah. nor do they have children. Exactly. So, so what, what do you want the experts to I know? wish the experts were actually people that had the issues I had and not some mm -hmm. someone who had a 
psychology degree who or PhD doctor quote sorry who think they know what they're talking about and they simply don't and so therefore they make it like well when you do A then you get B and then you get C and everything's okay when you have a kid with a different type of brain it's A A1 A2 A3 we need to go this route no we need to go that route there is it's not it's not a math problem and, and so when the experts are just people that studied this, studying something is not the same as having it. So I think now you do have more people in the field who've struggled like you. But when you have experts at the time, I would laugh at them. I would say, mom, they don't even have a clue of what I've gone or what I'm going through. They, these are people that have gone, have chosen to do 10 plus years of school. That's not a person with learning issues. Not at all. So I kind of didn't take them seriously and was like, well, like I said earlier, I'm on my own. I have to figure this out for myself. And I always did. But I wish we had experts that I that was like, yes, I identify with you. That is what I'm going through. So at the time, what I would do was I would listen to people like Henry Winkler, because he's not an expert in the field, but he had, but he was a famous person who was successful, who struggled with many learning issues. That's right. Steven Spielberg. These are people that I actually could say, look, they're successful, and they're they're kind of preaching to the, they're sort of saying what I'm feeling, and they were great examples because they were tough. Oh, also Brian Grazer. Who's that? He's a movie producer, and okay. We had a lot of similar stories. Like he would get C's and then negotiate with, with his teacher to get an A. And I, I would do the same thing to a teacher. Stop. I would have to like, I would sort of like play poke, not like a metaphorical poker to get my grades up. I would say, hey, look, this is what I did. I'll do this for you. Get me the better grade because I need to move on with my life. So that to me is like a real expert. To have some bullshit child psychiatrist or psychologist tell talk about what the child's feeling or thinking is just a bunch of shit. And so, and then it's a, yeah, you need people that are, that were in it. Our parents with kids that are in it, but really it needs to come from someone who's having the same experience, not someone who studied it. It's just not the same. Okay. So what I hear is that there really is, um, there really is an opportunity for, experts to have more experience yeah um, interview the kids yes yes that it's not formulaic no that how how differently kids learn with the brains they get yeah it can be so multi-faceted with learning behavioral um, emotional and it you know it's it's tough because it really does take um, a certain type of person to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And you're right, sometimes there's just not enough time. Yep. Sometimes you're not in the right setting. Sometimes they don't care. Like it's so situational. I can hear the frustration though when you talk about it that- I know it brings back those feelings does. of and being stuck. Yes, and that you really adopted a story of it's Josh against the world. Yeah. Because- Well, honestly, it was. was and in certain situations, it still is. It's, and I hate to say, but I'm not the only one. Like I remember I watched a documentary with, she had different issues than I did of Whitney Houston. And 
she said it's huh. it's always me against the world and i remember when i was i was in school at the time and i res i resonated with this middle-aged pop star who was struggling with many different issues but it was the Can same and i remember thinking huh. that's what i feel every day even though i'm not world famous but at the time in a weird way i kind of felt like i was because i felt like you were always battling rumors false accusations many people saying well this is it and i'm like no that's not true so in a sense about you about me with like i because i would be in a room with educators and i would have to there were like mo not monthly but twice a year meetings you'd go for that stupid iep yes and it was just an iep full of things that just were either completely fabricated or not true so it was like my version of reading people magazine and being like, um, I never said, I don't deal with this. That's not true. This is completely exaggerated. You're trying to fit me into a study that just isn't true. And I had a therapist who basically used me as a project. And my mom read the report. And it was so false and so untrue. My mom went off on her. And let me tell you, ten, um, last year, right before COVID hit, my mom saw her and in a clothing store uh, right near our house. And she apologized. She goes, well, now I have kids, so it's different. So everything she put in that report was just so false. Wow, what did it feel like to read it? So I never read it, because okay. I, was, I, I was too young. For, for this one, I, I, this one I didn't read. Okay. But I remember when it happened, my mom was just furious because she, it's sort of, again, with the experts at the time, fitting me into it like shoving me into a cookie cutter that wasn't exactly correct because i was excelling let's say in english but completely behind in math but then in one part of english though i was behind and another part of english i was ahead and because my brain is i think so complicated they couldn't figure me out or even socially i think it affected me socially where i could sit down and talk with the moms of the kids in my class about, you know, this week's Rosie O'Donnell and why I thought Tina Turner was so great and what happened on Sex and the City and what I liked about Friends. But when it came to sitting with kids my own age, I didn't want to talk about the Power Rangers. I was like, you're all a bunch of morons. So it's sort of like, I'm not doing well in school. I'm talking to adults perfectly fine. I'm struggling with kids my own age. So that means I'm not Asperger's. I, I'm clearly intelligent because I'm, I'm able to watch Sex in the City and completely understand it. I'm able to watch Rosie O'Donnell and be like, this is a great show, but yet I don't want to watch cartoons. So to a therapist, they just couldn't figure me out. Okay, this is, Josh, this is what I love about you. It reminds me of in Good Will Hunting when, oh, when Will Remind goes through all the therapists and they don't know what to do with him and he finally gets to Robin Williams. It's basically, you know, it's like, um, and I've still yet to find a therapist that gets me because I, I've tried and it just, they just, well, I'm too complicated. <laughs> and I think that goes back to your original point. The self-awareness you had around all these learning challenges, you are going to be the person who's going to be able to educate others. Um, Josh, and, yeah, and paint the the bigger picture now as an adult. That if there's an avenue you want to take, you'll be able to say no. That is not the direction that's resonating yeah. with me. I need a different. I need a different approach. 
and really coach someone else to pull it out of you. It will take a very curious-minded person yes. to get there because it's in you. Yeah. And it, life experience will eventually. You just can't put me in a box. Just don't. Put just me like in a you box. can't put baby in a corner. You can't put baby in you a corner. You can't put Josh, Josh in a box. box. It's Hold just. On. Oh my God, it's going to be my new one. I'm more like the Josh. I'm, I'm like a Jack in the box. You just try to put me in, but you just can't get my fucking head in. That's, that's <laughs> oh my sort God. of what I. I'm, I'm a Jack in the box. You, no, but you're a Josh in the box. Oh my God. Except in this one, you, I don't you, fit. You don't fit. Or I'm sort of like a large penis not fitting into a very tight vagina. I mean. Sorry, but that's sort of what I am. I I am laughing so hard because this is the this is the kind of stuff that um, I think is eye opening for parents to understand that a child that feels out of the box and then has parents and teachers and therapists and all these adults <laughs> adults and experts trying to make them work or make them okay how frustrating that is yeah. yet at the same time it just sounds like to come full circle the silver lining is you learned how to think for yourself i did and Oof. and i remember people telling me well don't you want to conform even from a young age really i just said no i think i i, I said i'm happy being me and the truth was because I, I laugh now now everything's so open like it's gender fluidity and sexual fluidity all i was doing was watching old sitcoms and adult shows and that was considered to be so bizarre and made me so different i laugh now because now that's like like now you have kids wearing what they want to school you know they're they're changing their pronouns they don't have pronouns they're using they us or no they them sorry but back then we're talking 2003 2004 a boy wanting to watch friends at the age of six over power rangers was just deemed so bizarre so i because now i look back i'm like i really wasn't that quirky or strange but at the time that made How me that, that was like wow you have a i remember I, my my someone made my mom buy a book a book my quirky child and i remember asking her i really wasn't that quirky and she's like no you actually weren't i just had different interest and I owned it isn't it that's all it was so interesting. or I liked listening to Madonna music instead of maybe Disney Channel radio and that I remember at the time my mom's friends being like wait why does he want to listen to that or and nowadays that's nothing nothing and I really like I really I dressed like everyone it was just these little things that now it's like so I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I was almost living, I was young now with the amount of support I would have had. It, it, all the things I was going through are so not taboo anymore. But at the time you would think, you would think I was like an alien. Oh, that's Okay, so what could you say to parents who are feeling insecure about what they're observing. About their own child? Yes, they don't want to label, they don't wanna feel like they've got the stigma, the acronym, the diagnosis, the conversation with the teacher. They're feeling the angst about a kid who's just trying to be them. I say, like sort of like what my parents did, let, just let them be, just let them, let them choose. And if it's something that is actually problematic, that's when you 
can have a conversation, but if they don't mind being different and they're owning it, let them be, just let them be happy. Cause I think if you try to make them quote unquote fit in, mm -hmm. they're going to be more unhappy in the long run or be someone they're not and go crazy. I think let them be, they'll find their people or for a little bit, they won't. And that's okay. You know, I'd rather have like four genuine, really good friends than a million people that hate me and talk shit about me. So just let your kid be, unless they're harming another person or themselves, just let them be. And don't, you can't have an image of what your child, I mean, again, I'm not a parent, so it's, it is easier said, but as going, going through this, you just, you can't suffocate them. You just have to let your child be. And if you notice something is different and they need help with the learning issue, don't try to keep them out of school that isn't working. Change the school, get them evaluated, and figure out what's going on. And don't freak out because there, you know, in most cases, there are kids that have it worse. Like having a kid, like even with all, all the learning issues I had or have, because you always have them, you know, I, I'm not autistic. I don't have Asperger's. Um, I'm, I'm physically very healthy. So I had a lot of things that, I, but I will say, not that I should say this, at the time I used to say, I have it worse than a kid with Down syndrome because I said, those kids get sympathy and I don't because I look normal. I just am viewed as lazy or stupid. So I used to remember, I would see a Down syndrome kid and say, people feel bad for them, but they have it easier because they have more support than I do and people, genuinely feel bad for them and people just pick and laugh at me. I remember thinking that as a kid, thinking they had it so easy. Isn't that interesting? And I remember even watching, and I know I'll get beat up for this too, but this is a kid's point of view, watching Holocaust videos and saying, I'm living my own Holocaust. This is so torturous. And so I, you really, you really identified with a deep pain. I identified with Anne Frank. I had an obsession with her. I would read books and I said, I'm going through the same thing and I'm just not hiding from the Nazis. I literally felt I was going through the same thing. Now, as an adult, looking back, I would use different words, but the but pain is pain and, and struggling is struggling. And I think too, what you're saying is um, you were alone in that. Yeah. I mean, you had the most supportive parents. That's yes. different because yes. you were alone. And, and my grandmother is a special oh, educator. Yeah. So in that way, I wasn't alone. But once I left the house, once I was alone. Left. Exactly. So you're sitting in class and it takes away from the experience of learning because of the additional noise mm -hmm. that's constantly flooding your, your head mm -hmm. like, about how everything else is occurring. You can't learn in an environment where you're that on guard. No, you and can't. And on top of being different. So I am being bullied mm -hmm. and then having creepy rabbi, rabbis in my school. So it was, I will say it was a lot at the time for someone to take, I think that I took on. And I have to add, like how this sounds, not being from New York City, experiencing all of this in the context of being in a very... Um, rigorous like New York City education and some of these schools I mean that that alone you just through osmosis are feeling the pressure yeah I mean it's a city so different of here. perfection you know I had you know yes. I, I went to school with kids on the first day of kindergarten already saying that they that they were going to go to Harvard and Princeton and Penn and by the way yeah. they all did 
So I have to give them that. I mean, they, I mean, these are very book smart kids. I don't know if they're life smart. I don't know. If, I don't. I don't see them making a difference in the world, but they're smart. Like I sort of, I remember thinking, well, I'm going to make a difference. That's sort of, it's like, you can go to Penn, Harvard, whatever, and good for you because it is well-deserved because they are intelligent. I just saw it as very linear because you're just going to get some corporate job, do very well, which is good, but I don't know if you're going to actually make a difference besides maybe hosting a charity event. It's interesting. Yeah. Because that aspect of the academic trajectory mm -hmm. can be really thrown off for some parents if they have to unexpected, unexpectedly address some of these issues. Yeah. Yeah. So are we, uh, anything else you want to? Do you have anything else to ask or did I cover all uh, your, you, uh, you covered all because I really just wanted your, I wanted you to speak to the experience of having it, getting it, managing it, yeah. and now being able to address it to people that need to listen and hear the message that <laughs> get out of the kid's way. Yeah, I'll end on this note. <laughs> I'm gonna end on this note. Okay. Number one, yes. well, I'll end on two final notes. Okay. Number one, it gets better and you're stronger for it. Mm. And number two, I'll end on a quote by Benjamin Franklin. There are those that are immovable, those that are movable, and those that are movers. Mm. And anyone that survives what I've endured or worse and has a lot of learn a lot of learning issues become movers and actually make a difference in the world. Steven Spielberg, Henry Wrinkler, um, etc. So that is where I'll end that if anyone's struggling with this, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Be a mover and continue to make a difference. Love it. All right. Thanks, Josh. See you guys next week.